Last year, my parents had been wanting a, a redbud tree, and so I was on the lookout when I was ever at Lowe's or Menards or any different garden center, and I came across in the dead middle of winter, or dead middle of summer, there was a redbud, two redbud trees left at Menards. Now, I always had this understanding that you would never plant a tree in the middle of summer. It's always a spring or a fall thing. Well, a good priest friend of mine grew up in a farming family, and he had uh, posted an Instagram story about planting trees on the family farm. And he said, it's a myth to, to think that you can't plant a tree in the middle of the summer. It just takes a little bit more attention, daily watering, be able to, to see that tree and its roots continue to grow and to have a solid um, root system. And he said, but it is the best time to purchase a tree because it's the off-season and you can get really steep discounts. So I took this into consideration after I saw his Instagram story, and I went in there to Menards, and I saw two trees, and they were $89.99 each. And I was like, absolutely not. I'm, I'm going to gift this to my parents, but I'm not spending that much on them. I didn't tell them that. I tell them I prayed, prayed, <laughs> played, paid full price for this. No, I didn't. Anyway, so I asked the, 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 tel- the clerk there in the uh, garden center, I said, is there any chance this is in the middle of the w- summer? You know, there's clearly no demand for these trees. You probably want to move your inventory. Is there any chance that I could get a discount on this? And she said, yes, how about 10%? I said, ah, that's not good enough. And she said, well, what would you give? And I said, I'll give you $10 for each tree. She said, sold. So I told my priest friend the next time I saw him, I said, hey, thanks for the advice. It really works. And he goes, what happened? I told him the story. and He says, I have never in my life been able to get that steep of a discount. Talk about guts. Who has the guts to bargain with God? Abraham, the father of Israel, does when we heard in the first reading today. In the gospel, we enter the conversation between the disciples and Jesus, not a bargaining request, as they ask him how to enter into the most fundamental, consequential conversation of all, the dialogue between God, with God, that we call prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. One of Jesus' disciples asked at the beginning of this Sunday's gospel. On its face, it seems like a straightforward enough request. But when one understands well the context in which it would have been asked, It would be similar to Michael Jordan's asking someone to teach him how to dribble a basketball. The Jewish disciples of Jesus already should have been experts on prayer. The whole of what we call today the Old Testament was one long instruction on how to pray. Abraham, Moses, Samson, David, Elijah, Esther, all teach us by example. The 150 Psalms were a a prayer book the Jews sang over and over with inspired words. The prophetic books contain many examples of prayer, and the wisdom literature shares the fruit of much prayer and contemplation on the mysteries of God. The history of Jews and the whole Hebrew Bible was a school of prayer. Yet Jesus' disciples fully educated in that school, 
knew that there was something different about Jesus' prayer that they hadn't learned from the rabbis in the synagogues or the Levitical priests in the temple. His example of prayer, going off to the desert, heading up on a mountain, stealing a corner in in a garden, often spending all night, enticed them to ask to teach them his secret. Implicitly, they knew that the type of prayer to which God was calling them was more than merely making some time for God or reflecting on the Torah or putting the sacred words of the Psalms on their lips. So they turned to Jesus to ask him to teach them this special art, and Jesus did not let them down. This weekend we learn from the same divine master. One cannot exaggerate the importance of prayer in a life that's truly and fully Christian. In 2001, St. John Paul II gave his vision or his pastoral vision for the church universally at the new millennium. He said, prayer cannot be taken for granted. We have to learn to pray as it were learning this art ever anew on the lips of the divine master himself, like the first disciples. Lord, teach us to pray. He went on to emphasize what happens if we don't learn that art. It would be wrong to think, he said, that ordinary Christians can be content with shallow prayer, that is, unable to fill their whole life, especially in the face of many trials to which today's world subjects faith. They would not be only mediocre Christians, but Christians at risk of seeing their faith progressively undermined. Something we see when Catholics drift away from the faith because they were often not finding God and entering into intimate existential dialogue with him through the practice of their faith. So St. John Paul II said, It is therefore essential that education and prayer should become in some way a key point of everything the church does. Because learning this Trinitarian shape of Christian prayer and living it fully, above all in the liturgy, but also in personal experience, is the secret of a truly vital Christianity. For our faith to be alive, we must learn from Christ how to pray to the Father. By the power of the Holy Spirit, basically our spiritual life will be worth what our prayer is worth. So how does Jesus teach us to pray? How do we enter effectively into the consequential conversation in which we exchange not just words or ideas with God, but our entire self? Our Lord teaches us the art of prayer, and I want to share two distinct ways that he does so. The first is by his own contagious example. In the Sunday's Gospel, we read that Jesus was praying in a certain place. Jesus was constantly praying. And it was this personal example of prayer that precipitated the disciples' question for him to teach them. Jesus, by his own witness, showed how important prayer is. If Jesus, who is God, prayed so much, then he is instructing us by his example 
to the priority that prayer must have in the life of each of us who is not God. In prayer, as in all things, Jesus teaches by example and then says, no matter how busy we are, come follow me. The second way Jesus teaches or educates us in this Trinitarian shape of the Christian prayer is through his own prayers recorded in sacred scripture, which manifests this quantum leap over the way prayer of faithful Jews would have been taught in the Old Testament times. Jesus revealed that prayer was to be filial, the prayer of beloved son or a beloved daughter, to the father who loves his child with great affection. We see this in the prayers of Jesus that are recorded in the gospel. Everyone features an intimate, confident, loving address to his father. I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. Matthew chapter 11. He says on another occasion, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I know that you always hear me. He says on another, Father, not my will, but yours be done. The purpose of prayer is ultimately to seek the Father's will, to come to know it, embrace it, love it, and do it. Jesus shows us how through prayer, out of love for God, we come to love what God loves so much that his will becomes our will. Who has the guts to bargain with God? Neither Jesus nor the disciples displayed this method of bargaining. A bargaining strategy with God communicates that I want to give a little, maybe, with a whole lot more expected in return. It makes complete sense that my will, then, is conflicting with God's will. Recognizing this is the key. But giving it to the Lord in prayer is action that he wants from us. The culmination of Christian prayer is the Holy Mass, which John Paul II said we need to learn to pray above all. It's at the Mass that we enter into Jesus' own filial petition to the Father. Prayer, praying with perseverance from the rising of the sun to its setting, seeking the glorification of his name, hallowed be his name, the coming of his kingdom, and doing his will. The Mass is where the Father gives us far greater than our daily material bread, namely his Son, the true living bread come down from heaven. It's where he strengthens us for the test, fortifies us to forgive, and bolsters us against the ways of the evil one. And so as we prepare to dare to pray together, as Jesus taught us this Sunday, let's ask God the Father to send the Holy Spirit to remind us of what Jesus taught and take us further so that we may pray the Mass together with him, have our whole life in turn into this continual extension of prayer and become missionaries, missionaries 
helping the whole entire world learn this sacred gift of prayer known as an art taught by our divine master. God love you.